I really realized that there is no formula and homeschooling is a powerful tool that I believe can be used to train our children, to educate our children well, to disciple the hearts of our children, but it's not the savior. And so it's really humbled me and brought me to my knees and reminded me that um, I need to be a faithful mother and I need to do the best that I can and make the wisest decisions that I can. But ultimately, ultimately my hope is not in me being a good enough mom, but my hope is in only what God can do in the hearts of my children. So trusting him. What a great reminder from Ruth that we need to keep the proper perspective as we are homeschooling our children and what's really important in the long run. It was such a pleasure to talk to Ruth and hear her perspective as a second generation homeschooler who grew up in a homeschool environment and is now homeschooling her own children. It was also encouraging to hear that she experienced some of the same struggles that the rest of us have, even if we didn't grow up in a homeschool environment. So I think you'll find a lot of encouragement in this episode to stay the course and to keep your perspective in the right place. I'm excited to have on the podcast today, Ruth Adams. She is a second generation homeschool mom. She has seven children ranging in ages from three to 17. Ruth, I'm excited to have you today. Thank you, Crystal. It's a joy to be here. And it's also a joy to talk to somebody who is doing this from the other side. You've seen both sides, both from student and now from the parent side. And so to get that perspective is going to be a lot of fun today. So would you start by telling us a little bit about your family and about your homeschool journey? Sure. Well, I've been married to my husband, Matt, for 19 years. We live all hobby farm teen, and we have been homeschooling um, the whole way from day one with our firstborn. And uh, we're going to be, Lord Willie, graduating her next year. So we're coming to the end of the journey with our first, and we will have six more to go after that. So um, I'm a homeschool graduate from the prehistoric pioneer vintage days of the movement. My parents began homeschooling me around 1979 when homeschooling was not the cool thing to be doing. And a lot of people didn't even know what homeschooling was. And so um, I'm really thankful for those grassroots parents that paved the way. And we all are kind of standing on their shoulders today. And I'm just thankful for how they fought tenaciously for homeschool freedoms. And it's been a joy to just watch this uh, homeschool community grow through the years. Yes, it's it, when we look back, there's a lot of history that we need to remember and be thankful for. Yes, I think there's always value in studying history, whether it's world history, American history, church history, or homeschool history. We can always glean lessons from the past. Right. We were actually just talking about that uh, today as we were reading through our American history and the lessons that we need to remember to learn. Very true. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the ideas that have influenced your home and your homeschool? I know you have the, a different perspective than uh, many of us in that we came to homeschooling as adults. And many of us didn't even realize that you could homeschool and that's what it was called and how that all worked. And so you're coming at it from a perspective of 
having gone through it. And so I'm sure that your journey has been very different from many of ours. Well, I look back with nothing but gratitude for the sacrifices that my parents made to homeschool me. It wasn't easy. They didn't have a lot available. They didn't have a lot of examples. And so um, some of the lessons that I'm so grateful that I learned by being homeschooled, I just learned from my parents' example. My dad was in the ministry. He was a pastor. And so uh, my parents were very much about doing ministry and were real good about bringing me on the team and letting me be a part. And so then I learned the joy of serving at a young age. They also encouraged me um, as a young person to be a leader and to not just follow the path of peer pressure and not to waste my youth, but to be a leader. And I've just seen um, through my life and through watching many other homeschool families that homeschooling really uh, provides parents an opportunity to raise future leaders who will have a passion for faith and character and upholding truth in their generation. So I'm thankful that I learned from my parents' example. Uh, Luke 640 tells us that a disciple is not above his teacher, but when he has been fully trained, he will be like his teacher. And so I'm so thankful my parents made sacrifices to be my teacher. They taught me that um, I was ultimately accountable to God. They taught me that my actions have consequences, and they believed in lovingly disciplining me, getting to my heart, and having relationship with me. And most importantly, they just taught me my need to have a relationship with the Lord. And so the um, homeschooling journey for me was a tool that the Lord used in my life to train me to be who he wanted me to be. And um, several things that you've talked about, that you touched on there have been key things that my family has discovered also and really trying to serve others. And we've been talking a lot. My girls are, um, one's a preteen, one is an early teen. We've been talking a lot about not wasting their youth. And the homeschooling yes. provides us such an opportunity to enable them and to allow them to do that. It does. It's kind of a window of time in the youth, you know? Right. And once you become an adult and you get married and you have adult responsibilities, you don't have as much free time to pour into serving and things along those lines or just to develop hobbies and skills that you're able to in your youth. Have you found ways to talk to your kids about that or is it just by setting the example? Yeah, well, I've really tried to encourage my children with this verse, um, especially around the time that they move from childhood into their teen years, just First Timothy 4.12 that says, let no one despise you because of your youth, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And I've just, ever since they were little, just encouraged them wherever we go, you be a leader in righteousness. You know, you be one. And if other children may be talking about things they shouldn't or doing things they shouldn't, you be the one to change that conversation or to say, oh, let's go do this. And just to not be afraid to be a leader. That is such a good reminder to have those conversations before you go out because in the midst of it is not a good time for teaching and, and reminding. And I, I found too, whenever we set those expectations early uh, as we're leaving the house, that it's just so much easier for all of us to remember that. It is. Have there been other ideas that 
have influenced your homeschool journey? Well, I think when I started homeschooling, all I really knew was what my experience had been. And back in those early pioneering days, there were not a whole lot of options for homeschooling parents in the way of extracurricular activities or um, curriculum choices or styles of learning. And so most of the families I knew were using one of a few available curriculum sources, and the method was more of a traditional having school at home method. And so when I began homeschooling my first child and went to my first homeschool convention as a mother, I was very shocked at how much the climate had changed because basically there was a gap of time between when I graduated high school and when I began homeschooling my firstborn. And I walked in the doors of that vendor hall and was very overwhelmed, just as any other new homeschooling mama. I was hearing about, you know, a classical approach and literature-based approach and Charlotte Mason and unschooling and all of these things and all these curriculums and all these clipboards to sign up for all these activities. And so... I think it took me a few years to kind of find our niche and what worked for our family and um, what has worked for us has changed season by season, but I have a much better overall vision for where I feel like our family needs to be headed. And um, then also, I think when I began homeschooling, I saw it a little too much as sort of a, a formula. Now, I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have said that homeschooling is a formula for raising children that will produce a desired result. And yet, I think I leaned too heavily towards sort of putting my chest and thinking, well, if we raise our children in a certain way, if we homeschool them, if we pick the perfect curriculum, which I now know does not exist. And, you know, if I make all the right decisions and I'm a good enough mom, that will guarantee that my children will turn out right. I didn't exactly believe that, but I think I just sort of had this optimism and this outlook. But then as I have observed homeschool families through the years, I really realized that there is no formula and homeschooling is a powerful tool that I believe can be used to train our children, to educate our children well, to disciple the hearts of our children, but it's not the savior. And so it's really humbled me and brought me to my knees and reminded me that um, I need to be a faithful mother and I need to do the best that I can and make the wisest decisions that I can. But ultimately, my hope is not in me being a good enough mom, but my hope is in only what God can do in the hearts of my children. So trusting him. I I find it interesting. It struck me that you had such a similar experience as new homeschool moms when you went to the convention, even though you have that background and that perspective. So you you knew what you were wanting to accomplish and yet it was still so overwhelming. I think that goes to, to show how many, how many options we have now and, that that may not necessarily be a good thing 
because we have so many options, it's become, it can stop us and prevent us from moving forward. And when you talked about how it's not up to you and you, you need to rely on God to help your children become who he wants them to be. And we need to separate those two. We need to be faithful, like you said, in continuing to train them, continuing to teach them, but we need to not get so worked up in exactly what we teach them and exactly how we teach them. And sometimes I think, I know for me, if I get too caught up in that, then it becomes about checking the boxes. It becomes about getting done what I want to get done. And I'm not really focusing on my children and my relationship with my children. Right. Yes. Have you found tools or uh, resources, reminders that help you keep that mindset? Well, yes, I've read a lot of books through the years, and I've read some blogs and online resources, and I've gone to many conferences and conventions, but uh, the, the very most important thing to me to keep going back to is just relying upon the Lord in prayer, because I can, I can take in a lot of information. I can do all kinds of internet research, but at the end of the day, I believe that God knows who I am as a teacher. And he knows the hearts of my children better than I do. And he knows what's going to be successful. And so I really just going back to him over and over again for direction. And I would imagine your husband also helps provide that 10,000 foot viewpoint to keep you on track. I'm so thankful for my husband, Matt. He's very hands-on and involved and he's a good listener. And uh, we have, discussions about the direction from year to year that we're going to be going. Are there any other ideas that you've realized because you, you're about to graduate one over the years that maybe you started out with that really are not valid for your family? So we've talked about how it's not about what you're doing and how you need to rely on God. Are there other ideas that you've come to let go? And maybe you can tell us uh, some tips about how you can let go of those. I think that's a great question. And through many years of me making my own mistakes and also observing for almost four decades now, many, many homeschool families in the homeschool community, I have learned some lessons along the way. So to answer your question, I think I'll just share some of those lessons. And and one is just to avoid being overly busy because in the uh, beginning days of homeschooling my own children, I was really dazzled by all the opportunities to sign up for all these things that were not around when I was being homeschooled. And I thought, this is fantastic. But I've learned that, you know, too much of a good thing can become problematic. And so I ended up stressing my family out by trying to run to too many good opportunities. And I'm just so thankful that the Lord is the faithful shepherd of those who have young And before my children got too old, he really got hold of my attention and showed me that you're too busy. And if you keep this busyness up, you will not be able to manage your household well. 
you will not be able to get the schoolwork done that you need to do. You will not be able to work at training your children's character because you're always putting them in and out of car seats and running here and there. And so I slowed down a lot and I learned to really be uh, careful about my commitments and to ask myself, you know, 15, 20 years down the road, will my children still be benefiting because I signed them up for this activity? And if it's just something to have fun and to take up time, it might be something that we could uh, say no to because we've got to say no to some things, you know? And um, I think that oftentimes, my mom taught me this growing up, the good can be the enemy of the best. And if we choose all the good things, a lot of times the best things go to the back burner and don't get done. And so we want to be careful. Am I choosing um, the best things? And also, um, I've learned it can be helpful if more than one member of our family can benefit from an opportunity. Like for years, I had several children taking piano lessons from the same teacher on the same day, had the same recital dates. And so that was an investment of time that many people were benefiting from that. So just right. to be very careful and prayerful and talk to my husband before I start signing us up for things. And I learned to say no. And then another one of those lessons would be to measure success by the right measuring stick. What I mean by that is that it's important that we measure our success um, not by what the society around us is telling us, you know, like to be successful, we just want our children to be brilliant and get in the best colleges and make the most money when they graduate. But really that my um, highest desire for my children is that they would, um, they would develop character and that they would love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that they would carry the faith that I'm trying to impart to them on to the next generation. That's more important to me than them making loads of money when they grow up. I certainly want them to be well-educated, and that's certainly priority, but it's not the highest priority. And also, we don't want to have um, just a short-term vantage point when we're trying to measure how well we are doing in our homeschool. If we're having a bad homeschool day, our children aren't cooperating, the house is a mess, the laundry's backed up, and um, we don't want to measure our homeschool day by just what we could see here and today, but we want to look at the long-term goal. Okay, even though I'm having a terrible homeschool day today, because that happens sometimes, um, is my faithfulness today and my perseverance through these trials today going to 15, 20 years down the road lead towards adults who have character and who love God and family and who are raising up the next generation responsibly. And so looking at the long-term measure, using the right measuring stick of are we being successful in this homeschool journey? So that would be one. Also, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to add all, those are all ones that, um, we need those reminders often because it, they all go so against our current culture's speed and um, ideas of, like you said, what success is. And I mean, I know just for us, even being involved in church and one other activity, which we actually do as a family, that's all we can really manage and still feel like we're home enough. Right. 
it's very easy to get overloaded with activity. Right. I also learned to really not uh, try to imitate or copy what other families are doing. And I started out that way looking around and I've already explained I was overwhelmed with all of the new options and trying to sort through all of that. And then I looked at what my friends were talking about, what was the newest, most exciting thing that a lot of people were excited about in the homeschooling community. And um, that just didn't go well for us. For one thing, we are a larger family than most that we knew, but also just we're a unique family. And God has unique plans for us. And I found that when I was trying to compare and do what I saw others doing, and then it didn't work out the same way, I would be like, well, why isn't it working for me? So an example would be maybe my friend, um, maybe her family was thriving with a particular homeschool curriculum or learning style. And then I thought, well, that must be great. We need to try that. And then it just fell flat for me. And that wasn't a happy place for me to be. I was very discouraged. And eventually I learned, well, I need to quit comparing and I need to go directly to the Lord who knows my family and get his direction. And there was such a freedom in just doing that, just stopping the comparing and being willing to say, we're not going to be running around crazy going here and there and everywhere. We're going to go against the grain and do something different. There was freedom in that. And do you find, I know this may not be something you struggle with, but I also try to not compare us because I recognize my children need different things. Even from what one needs, the other one needs something different. And so I learned a long time ago that what my friends are reading, the books that really work well for them may or may not work well for us. And there's merely a suggestion. I have to be careful that I remember that to give them that grace also and not judge them by what they're doing because their family is unique and I can give them suggestions and they need to be merely suggestions. Yes, this is so true. Yeah, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And I think a lot of moms are going to social media and to uh, the internet and trying to figure out what they should do in their parenting and in their homeschooling. And I think we can gather information and it can be helpful, but ultimately we need to know from the Lord what his will and plan is for us. And just keep going back to those basics. And one of those basics is prayer. That's right. So as we wrap this up, this can be a very difficult question. And I think it sometimes depends on the season that we're in. But what advice would you give to a new homeschool mom that you wish you had received or maybe that you wish you had paid more attention to? Well, I guess I heard a lot of these things that I'll share, but it seems to me that it often takes life experience for things to really sink in and to grow in personal experience, um, to flesh it out in my own life, even though I heard it before, um, just to really grow in personal experience. So through the years, 
I've been learning over and over. I've been reminded of Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And I really would encourage new homeschool moms to be careful because there's going to be a lot of distractions screaming at you and a lot of good suggestions and a lot of good opportunities, but you want God's will for your family. So seek him first in, in your homeschool. And then that verse says, and all these things will be added. And I believe that includes the academics. And I believe that includes the extracurricular things, the music lessons or the sports or whatever it might be that God has for um, your children. When you seek him first, he will add all of these things. And then the other thing that I really like to encourage moms in is um, John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him. He he it is that bears much fruit. And so I encourage homeschool moms to walk closely with the Lord. And as you said, Crystal, to be prayerful. And just to remember that um, God does not call us to this homeschool journey and then leave us to do it alone. He wants to do it through us as we are walking closely with him. And while he's doing it through us, he's refining us as mothers. He's sanctifying us and he's equipping us for this good work. And First uh, Thessalonians 5.24 says, he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So I believe um, the homeschooling journey requires a lot of faith. And um, homeschooling is something that shows me my need for God every single day. And that's a healthy place for me to be humbled and to remember that. And um so also just to remember there's no guarantees in parenting john quincy adams said duty is ours and results are god's and so i encourage homeschool moms to be faithful to be committed and to be prayerful and i guess lastly just to encourage homeschool moms that this job is not easy, but anything worth doing and anything worth having usually requires great sacrifice and effort on our part. And I can't think of anything more worthwhile to pour our lives into than impacting future generations for the glory of God. Excellent advice. Thank you so much, Ruth. Um, can you let our listeners know how they can find you if they would like to learn some more? Yes, I have a podcast. It's called the Legacy Homeschool Reflections Podcast. It's available through my blog, which is trainingheartsathome24.blogspot.com. And that podcast is also available through iTunes and Apple. And then I'm on Facebook at Ruth L. Adams. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. I've really enjoyed it, Crystal. Thank you. This podcast is supported by sales on triumphantlearning.com. Today's featured product is Geography Field Guide. When reading a book or taking a nature walk, you can look up trees, flowers, or birds in a field guide that you see but do not know. Now you can do the same for geographical features. 112 geographical terms defined and illustrated. Learn more at triumphantlearning.com forward slash field guide. As a thank you to my podcast listeners, use the coupon code AHDPODCAST to receive 10% off your order at triumphantlearning.com. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Your feedback will help other homeschool moms find the show so they can be equipped to create a calm, peaceful home atmosphere too. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day.